And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on my podcast today, I've got a guest, and we're going to talk about Disney and have a little more fun. And uh, my guest is uh, Tim Foster. He's the editor of Celebrations Magazine. So, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. You know, always happy to talk Disney. I've been talking a lot of Disney lately with different people, and I'm just having the best time. It's never a bad time talking about Disney. No, it never is, isn't it? Is no. It? Or writing about it, or taking pictures of it, or videoing it, or, or just dream- dreaming about it, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Watching the films. So. You know, that's something that I miss, you know, quick aside, I really do miss the Disney Channel used to show the Vault Disney things with the old uh, videos. But anyway, but you can still find most of those on YouTube, so that's a good thing. There you go. Yeah, excellent. So anyway, you are the, um, you're the editor of uh, Celebrations Magazine. Yes. And a uh, pretty fun magazine, gets you that uh, six times a year view of Disney and uh, some cool articles and some interesting stuff. So tell me a little bit about the magazine. How'd you get started and uh, what, what's it all about? Well, let's see, a little background before that. I'm also, in case you didn't know, um, the creator, author, whatever you want to call it, of a couple Disney guidebooks, the big one being uh, The Guide to the Magic for Kids, which came before Celebrations Magazine. And uh, it was a mag- it's the title Self-Evidence, a guidebook that's for kids, not for parents with kids. We don't tell you where the stroller rentals are. We tell you where the cool stuff is that all the kids discover, that kind of thing. Awesome, so, okay. So anyway, um, so that obviously was a lot of fun to put together. and uh, And from there, just got to meet more Disney people and uh, share the magic with other authors, podcasters, web people, that sort of thing. And just one day the idea of making a magazine clicked and um, being a graphic designer in real life, quote unquote, um, (laughs) it was kind of a natural jump to do that. It was something I always wanted to do anyway. So, uh, you know, combining you know, the graphic design with love of Disney seemed natural. So the magazine came about and thus this was about, we had our fifth anniversary issue a few months back. So it's been a quick five years. I couldn't believe it had already (laughs) gotten to that point, but, um, but yeah, we've had uh, lots of great writers, lots of great photographers help out. And, um, we, we really, the magazine is really to celebrate Disney. Um, we, we all love it. I love it. We want to share the magic with everybody else. We're not about, you know, nitpicking or finding the peeling paint on the wall or anything like that. Um, uh, we, f- we figure the people that love Disney want to experience Disney all year long. You can't get to the parks as much as you want or don't 
live right there or far away, but we hope through the magazine that you get to relive some of that Disney magic experience when you're there, even if you're at home. So that's cool because you know I know that's that's one thing I get from uh, from listeners to this podcast is you know they want to share in that Disney magic. They're missing it while they're not here, and yeah. it's it. it that's that's kind of the reason I do the podcast. It's just fun to share that with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was a one-time cast member, so I've got some, you know, a little bit of understanding of what goes on behind the scenes. And I've lived in Florida my whole life, so I've had plenty of opportunities to go to the parks. And, you know, so I have that, that piece of it that I can help fill in some of the gaps, too, right? And so it's, we're all, it's like a tapestry, if you will, um, of all different pieces that come together that uh, describe the whole Disney experience. Yeah, sharing is the word that comes up over and over again, no matter what, whether it's the magazine or the books or podcasts like yours or anything. And that's, I think that's, there's many cool things about Disney, but that's one of the coolest things is that uh, the, the millions of us that are out there, but we're all, you know, one community pretty much and, and sharing in this uh, magic, if you will, or however we want to describe the experience. And, and that's really the coolest part, just talking to people, sharing stories, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the great part. I mean, we all have our stories, and every Disney experience is different and unique. They all have the same sort of thread through them, because you're at the Disney parks or the resorts. Mm-hmm. But you have your own experience, and everybody kind of has their own thing that happens. I, I've, got some, I've got so many stories that roll around in my head and different things that happen every time. No two trips of mine are the same. I run into people, I take my family, whatever. It's just, everything's different. And, uh, it's always amazing to me. And it's just, it, that's what makes it so neat and so special is that it gets that, it's always different. It's, you know, it's not like going to the same place every time. Yeah. It's, and it's amazing how often you go, you still find something new, no matter how many times you've been there. Definitely. It's not something they change. It might just be something you never noticed this whole time or just overlooked, but um, every time I, to this day, every time I go, I'm finding something new or something I haven't seen before or, or uh, uh, anything. And, of course, they're changing things all the time, which is even better because we always have something new to look forward to. But, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so. that repeat business. Yeah. Seven Dwarfs my train, can't wait. So, <laughs> so yeah. I believe that opens on uh, officially or unofficially on April 30th, um, and then it'll be open to the public on May 1st or so, something like that. Oh, coaster i can finally ride i can't wait <laughs> although I, I i was thinking that was what everest would be and i was uh, <laughs> unpleasantly surprised or <laughs> <laughs> even though it's wonderful but uh, no really looking forward to this and every, you know everything do no that's cool because that you know that's really what what makes it special so let me ask the question you know you've obviously you're obviously a fan and you've been there a lot you've you know you've got a lot of experience um so when was your first uh, trip to disney well there's two answers to that story yeah first answer is i was there opening year Woo-hoo! Woo! nice me little lad and it's really depressing when i'm talking to people who weren't even born yet or I, <laughs> they, they were born after all four parks were open and that's I'm, I'm with you. I, I went the first time when it, um, I was uh, I was about four years old, and it was the park had been open for a couple of months. So I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. So I was there the first time. Um, the only two things I remember were my brother losing his Donald Duck hat on It's a Small World, which we still haven't found. And because I had the haunted, if anybody remembers, I had the haunted mansion record that came out, and. Through the course of listening to that, I swore, and I told my father when we were in line, I was pointing to the tree that's in front of the mansion. I said, you know, we have to climb down that tree. 
He's like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, it's on the record. You have to go out and climb down. <laughs> so that's the only two things I remember. But, but from then, I hadn't gone back until my wife took me in 1992, wow. three, something okay. like that. Right. Um, and hadn't, obviously, I hadn't been for a long time. Um, but uh, first night we were there, went to Epcot. At night, it was October, so it was a cool breeze, nobody there, music playing, everything was new. Most magical moment I've ever had in my life, and we've been hooked ever since, going, you know, one, two, three, four times every year since then, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the way you like to hear the story, the story in that sense. Yeah. Now, if I lived close enough where I could hear the wolf howling at the haunted mansion, if I listened close enough, which I have some friends who delight in telling me that, <laughs> I'd visit there more, but... Um, yeah. But we all get there as often as we can. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. So that's cool. So you um, so you yeah you you go frequently now and uh, you make it there. Um, mm-hmm. So let me ask the the obvious question: Which is your favorite park? Oh gosh! Oh, I'm an Epcot guy. All right. Yeah, you, you yes. were saying that was your special moment, so it makes Hands sense. Down. There's something. There is something really cool about Epcot. I mean, just the the way it's laid out and some of the thought that went into it. I, I know it's lost a little touch over the years, but overall, I still think it's pretty cool. Well, so says you. Yeah. I still love it. But, yeah. Now, I will admit. I mean, we were there uh, being in '92. Looking back, that was kind of a heyday for Disney yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Epcot was still relatively new, and you know, you still had Horizons and. You know, the original imagination and world of motion and all that. And mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of the resorts were new. Um, and uh, so, so there was a lot going on. That was, that, was pretty, that was a pretty good time to get into Disney because there was a lot of really cool stuff going on. But um, yeah. so, yeah, so Epcot. But I, I love all the parks. No, I, I'm with you. It's you know, it's like picking your favorite child, right? That sort of a right. thing, right? You can't really pick one, but if you were to lean to one, you know, um, we kind of go that way. So that's cool. Uh, what about a favorite attraction? You have one? Uh, again, who's, what's my favorite? What's who's my favorite child? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I always have a soft spot for spaceship. Or, see, the problem is, well, mm-hmm. it's not a problem. The challenge is, you you have your favorite attraction, mm-hmm. but. Uh, when they start changing them, then you start reminiscing. And you know, like yeah. Spaceship Earth, yeah. I like the older version of Spaceship Earth with Jeremy Irons and the City of the Future. I love Spaceship Earth now, but you know, I always have that asterisk because I like the old one. And Imagination, I love Imagination, but loved the first one or the one I was used to first even more. Um, sure, but you know, I Haunted Mansion, absolutely Splash Mountain. And, and it's a small world is a particularly sentimental favorite, I'll say that. I can see that. You know, as yeah. much as people kind of bash it. Uh, and I argue with them all the time. Yeah, it's, there's a, one of the things that I, one of my favorite things about Disney is there are still things that Walt actually touched in some yeah. way. That's yeah. one of them. And, yeah. you know, he has his hand in that. And he was really trying to tell a story there that's a very simple story. You know, it's and it's it, it's it, it's phenomenal in that sense, just because he had his hands in it. Yeah. And then and I guess along those lines, things like you know, Carousel of Progress and um, the new old Tiki Room <laughs> right. and things like that um, have a special place, too, because, you know, you know, they're uh, you know, they go all the way back to the. The man who 
made this all possible. Exactly. And that's, you know, it's amazing to me that he put together something like this on this scale. You know, basically, as he was dying, this is what he was doing. And, you know, it opened a few years after that. And it's grown since then. And that's just remarkable to me that he had that much of an impression and that much of a vision that they were able to carry it on to a large degree without him. Um, Yeah. And, you know, with that cut, it's... it's, uh what's the right word difficult's not the right word but but you wonder I love the park and I love what it's about mm-hmm. and uh, the whole um, world's fair approach to future world and it actually took me a couple of years to get to world showcase like this year I'm going to go to the countries this year I'm going to go to the countries I'm going to make myself do it and that's actually now my favorite in, in all of Walt Disney World it's probably my favorite area but um, but you can't help but wonder what might have been if mm-hmm. Walt could have carried on with his vision and could he have pulled off an actual city of tomorrow and make it happen. And, you know, if anyone could, I would think he could, but, you know, alas, we'll never know. But that's that's a lot of the intrigue with Epcot, too, the wonder of what, what might have been. And, yeah. and, and just realizing what he did have in mind was even grander than anything we even see today. So. That's the amazing part to me. You know, you, you had these two competing visions of, of what uh, Imagineers were working on. It was the you know, the World Showcase that was yeah. representing that, and then you had the, the future world, and, you know, there was the big mashup that Marty Sklar did where he just pushed the two two places together, and he said, let's do them both. He's yeah. <laughs> like, man, that's awesome. It's not Walt's vision, but it's so clever, and it yeah. captures some of the imagination that he had in it, so it, it's really cool. Um, I, I am, I'm totally on board with that because that's just one of the amazing things to me is just kind of how that all fit in and how he was able to do it. That's cool. Yeah. I want to go to the Japan Pavilion. I mean, you got me all excited. See, now you're ready to come, right? You're ready to come down for another trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's ready. the important stuff. Ready. But I'm ready to go if nothing else because of this 70... 900 inches of snow we had this winter. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a good enough reason just to come to Florida. Right yeah, there. I, I kind of told everybody I'm never going to Blizzard Beach again. Just <laughs> because I, can't, I just can't take it anymore. So. <laughs> Those of you in the north, in the northeast, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I can. I, I live in Florida. I can't yeah, even imagine. I Florida, so. I probably have no idea. Oh, it's a little snow, you know. Or, you it's know, snow. I'd, I'd like to see some snow. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a lot to... It's a lot to get through. So. Yeah, I can imagine. That's that's tough when you have to uh, have to deal with that. Mm. Um, all right, so we we did the uh, park, we did the um, the attraction. How about a favorite restaurant? Do you have one? Oh gosh, um, uh, yeah, all of them. No, I don't yeah, know. no, I. <laughs> um, that's that's a tough one. I, I will. I'll tie this into my favorite pavilion in Epcot. Ah. Which I kind of gave away in World Showcase, which is Japan. And um, love eating there. Um, love eating in China, mostly because you can always get in without a reservation. But but the food's wonderful there, too. Um, now, that's cool. Yeah, restaurants, I, whatever. I, I'll tell you this. I've been, probably been to the Whispering Canyon and Tony's Town Square restaurant more than any other. So as far as memories and family, those two would be up there because uh, we've, we've just been there so many times and we sure. have so many memories of uh, you know, 27 bottles of ketchup on the table at Whispering Canyon and uh, <laughs> stuff like things, things of that. And 
you know, I, I guess as I say that, that's usually what makes you know an attraction your favorite or a restaurant your favorite is yeah. more the memories you got um, than the actual food or the experience a lot of times. So yeah, that's that, that's a big great point because one of the things that happens when you when you decide to go eat at a restaurant at Disney is you know you're picking the place that you like, and maybe it's just because. You happen to be passing by there. Maybe you could get an advanced dining reservation. Maybe it's just something you wanted to try. And you're going to have the experience. And you may like it. You may love it. You may not like it at all. But that's okay. It's part of the whole experience. And some people go, oh, man, I only go there. You know, my favorite thing is to go to the restaurants. And some people go, it's just part of the experience. And some people are like, meh, the restaurants, whatever. I'm there for the other experience. (laughs) It's funny because if I'm I'm there by myself, I usually just... You know, snack my way around the world, so I, I don't get into as many restaurants as I like. I will tell you, the restaurant I miss the most is the Concourse Steakhouse at the Contemporary. Yeah, good choice. That was hands down our favorite restaurant in um, yeah, back when we first started going. Just th- th- being in the Contemporary itself, how cool is that? And monorails going through and. Uh, the A-frames there, and, and and back to our point, it's got Walt Disney's yes. signature all over it. You know, this is one of the originals, and it was just so retro, metro, futuristic, cool, and um, really, really, really missed that restaurant. Mm-hmm. I used to, I used to love when um, when I'd go to the parks when it was just the Magic Kingdom. Right, we'd go yeah. up, we'd go to the Magic Kingdom for part of the day, we'd head over to the Contemporary during the day have lunch at the Concourse Steakhouse or even at the quick mm-hmm. service restaurant down on the first floor by the um, by the game room, mm-hmm. eat for a while, then go back to the parks, and there was something so cool about that. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was awesome. And once in a while, we'd make a diversion and go to the Polynesian, but most of the time it was the contemporary yeah. um, because of the way the monorail moved through it and the way it all kind of fit together. And it was so it was technically within walking distance, though at the time you couldn't walk between them, but they hadn't opened that pathway yet. But, uh, you know, that was it was just really neat. And, and to be able to do that was always kind of fun. And uh, I share that memory with you just because it's – I agree with you that the Concourse Steakhouse, that's one of those places that I really do miss. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things we miss. could be a oh. five-hour conversation. Oh, God, yeah. That would be like – You know, that's part of the magic. You're right because that, that's part of the story there is the richness of it. And one thing I try to do on my podcast periodically is to bring up like some older attraction, something in the past and, you know, talk about it in some great detail. I did right. a – it wound up being a multi-part series about Horizons. I had no intention of making it that long, but it just kept going, and there was so much to talk about, and then it was just so amazing. Um, yeah. I, I venture to say that's probably the top of the list of most missed former attractions, I guess, because I don't know if that topic ever comes up, Horizons is always at the top of the list of, of what we miss. Yeah, you know... I don't like Mission Space, but... Um, you know, I, I just loved, you know, this, this spaceship Earth's the, the living with the land, you know, the 10, 15 minute slow dark ride, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, Where you're, you're, you're getting the story and you're, you're becoming part of the story and it's, you know, there's something happening and it's really kind of intriguing and, you know, you're, you're learning maybe a little bit about history or something about, you know, farming or whatever. But it's kind of neat because you, you learn something. Um, whether yeah. you like it or not, you're learning something. Right. <laughs> and uh, there's something kind of cool about that. And when they take the time to put the detail into it and, you know, really immerse you into the story, that's remarkable. Yeah. Well, I have learned in Mission Space, though, I can't be the engineer. Because <laughs> every, every time I'm the engineer and we end up crashing. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm hitting all the buttons I'm supposed to. I think. I warn everybody <laughs> that I'm with that I'm going on. So you don't want me in that spot. But 
here we are. Oops. Slow down. You're going to fall off. I, boy, I don't know what I did. <laughs> okay, so good good tip to know. Yeah, All right. If you're with me, don't let me sit in the fourth seat. All right. Say, important safety tip. All right. Good yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah. Bad things will happen. Very don't. good. That's awesome. Um <laughs> But that you know that's you know that's still that's it that's another story you can tell yeah that happens every time and next time you're going to try it again or you're going to try something different and see if you have different luck, but you still have that story to to hang your hat on to always go back to and say hey remember when we used to go to Mission Space and we crashed right but even there you know even though the ride experience is, is different I mean you're not doing a 15 minute long you know slow ride now you're doing a two minute hold on and you better stay straight state straight at the screen or else but but even at the mission space pavilion there's so much to explore and do and see mm-hmm. uh the model of the moon with the markers on it and uh you know the the, the space station and the rover and every, everything in the queue area that even on that attraction for what it is that's that's the coolest thing about disney is that it's it's not nothing is just the ride there's just so much to see and explore even if you never stepped on the ride itself which i think is extremely cool so. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I tend to I tend to avoid roller coasters. It's just a personal yeah. thing with me. So when I do, I don't mind waiting in the queues and hanging out with the family while they're going to go on the roller coaster because there's so much to see in it, and I get to hang out with the family a little longer. And that's right. you know it's kind of fun or with friends or whatever. And I'll go I'll see you at the end. And well, if Disney would listen to my wish list, and I've asked them this, they need to. Well, first of all, since I get seasick, I think. They need to dry dock the boat and let me just stay on it for a week and not go anywhere. <laughs> That's not happening. I know that. But they need a chicken exit on the Tower of Terror. Like, I need to be able to get on and experience the whole front. But right when they drop, you give me a, you want to get off, you can get off right here. Mm-hmm. They need to put that in the Tower of Terror. That is, that's the cool thing. But I keep saying that's the cool thing. Um, <laughs> but it is the cool thing. <laughs> like all the roller coasters, like a lot of the new attractions are. Um, many of them are thrill rides, of course. And right. you know, the older we get, the less inclined we are to really get into the thrill rides. But, but boy, the, the detail, the, the the queue areas, and everything that they put into the new attractions is astounding. And that's that's my one regret about not being able to stomach, you know, the Tower of Terrors, um, being able to go through the. Queue, and not just the queue, but the whole the beginning part of the ride where you're seeing the special effects and all that. But alas, yeah, it would be cool if they did like you know one an hour that was just the chicken person, right? Or give me a slow, give me a slow. Well, give me like a green team Tower of Terror. Yeah, there you go. Where every we're so often, slow. Then we're gonna go slow down. And, and there you go. That's hey, fine. I'll scream. I'll, you can open the doors and I'll scream as much as you want. But yeah, no, I'm good with that too. I, I do that. So, <laughs> but I have to live vicariously through others. Yeah, exactly. And when when I can't do it, I watch the videos and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't there, but it's cool. Same, but yeah, no. <laughs> that's very cool. No, it's it's really neat. I mean, you know, the, the shared Disney experience. We keep talking about sharing. The shared Disney experience is really what it's all about, and that's why I wanted to chat with you about you know what this what this love is um, yeah. for Disney. Uh, so here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. Any um, tips or tricks you'd like to share with an audience? You know, something oh, you know. You know just, another five-hour conversation. Yeah, I know. Just something, you know, that comes to mind, that springs to mind. Well, the the tip we, I think all of us drill over and over and over again to everybody is, uh, you know, when you're there to, to take your time and and explore and look around and, 
look at the details and don't just go from rushing to point A to point B to point C to get all the thrill rides in before the end of the day. Um, you, you know, look, while you're walking anywhere you go, if you're on the pathways, if you're in the queue, if you're walking by the stores, you know, look at the details, see what's around you and, 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 and take the time to, to immerse yourself in this. And then we say that knowing that some people are only there for two days and you only have a limited amount of time. And that's, um, that's easy for us to say if we're there every day, but, um, but when you can, that's what we try and tell, or I try and communicate no, more than anything else is to take your slow down and dare I say, smell the roses. And there are roses there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. You sometimes look up, because you'll see something surprising sometimes if you look up and look down because look a lot down. of times, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the uh, pathways sometimes have some surprises hidden in them like uh, footprints or peanuts over by Dumbo's attraction or jewels over by um, the, uh, the uh, Magic Gardens Carpets of Aladdin, things like that where you just, you know, it's a little surprising and some fun stuff that you see. Yeah, and even little things like I didn't, well, early on I noticed this, but I talked to a lot of people that don't realize like even in World Showcase walking around through the pavilions, which, of course, is an, an exercise in enjoying the details as it is. But mm-hmm. um, but even looking at things, like looking up and looking down, like realizing the the pavement in each of the pavilions is, is different. It's cobblestones here. It's rock yeah. here. It's slate yeah. here. Um, you might not notice that if you're just walking through. Uh, the light posts um, from pavilion to pavilion take on the character of their host country, which a lot of people don't realize, you know because you're just breezing by but um uh, just simple things like that that's 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 great because that's exactly it um you know people people tend to miss that kind of stuff and in the weirdest way i'm not i'm not still not convinced and sold on the fast pass plus but Uh, you know what it's funny you say (laughs) (laughs) but but the thing i was going to say i'll come back to that in a second the thing i was going to add to that was that on the bright side, people aren't rushing to go get the fast passes anymore when they come in the park, right? So now you have that time to kind of take your time and look around a little bit. So yeah. from a perspective, it you know it made it a little bit better or more effective, right? Now back to that thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, fast pass plus. You know, I'm kind of I'm ambivalent about it right now. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll I, see. I, and it rendered my uh, kids book totally wrong in, in that. <laughs> Darn it! I think it caught all of our websites off guard because now everything's fast pass and our guides are all askew now. Like yeah. it's a fast, fast yeah. ride, and not. But um, that's you know that that it's going to be part of the learning we'll have too. As as you know, as we republish, you republish a book. I republish some of the um, the apps I have out there. I'm learning too. You know, things are changing, and I have to rethink things a little bit. See, but you know, I was there. Um, when was it? Not too long ago, and I, I think they were re- just. And just really rolled it out and we're testing it. So I was the happy recipient of a few bugs and quirks and that sort of thing. But um, but you assume they'll work some of that. Some of that. You'll work, they'll work all of that out. And um, we'll see how it goes. I'm, you know, I'm still used to the paper tickets and the... I'm still used to paying 12 bucks for extra magic hours. <laughs> so, you know... Well, yeah, how it goes, but um, yeah. yeah, but but credit to them. I I do. I think I think Disney gets a lot of. I always give them a lot of credit for um, 
just devoting themselves to improving the guest experience no matter what. And and I'm not going to be, I'm not blind and ignore the fact that there's monetary and financial reasons behind some of the you know things they do. But um, but they do very legitimately do try and improve the guest experience in this case in terms of you know waiting in line and and experiencing the things you would when it's crowded which i know people who don't go to disney or go very frequently that's the first the biggest fear they have is oh it's, it's going to crowd all time we're going to wait for hours in line and all that and just thinking of all the things disney's done to to improve that as best as they can short of shutting the gates you know at nine o'clock but Everything from extra magic hours when he started to um, fast passes themselves to the interactive queues, which were amazing, um, to even this, um, the fast pass plus, which you know hopefully when things ironed out and you know is rolling smooth, it'll help that even more. And um, just just that Disney keeps improving, not just that part of the guest experience, but but everything is one of the things I really admire about. The way they do stuff. So, and one of the things I think which makes it so great compared to other places you might go. Oh. Yeah, some of the other ones, right? Yeah, some of the, yeah. <laughs> some of the competition. <laughs> Not that they're bad, but you know. No, um, it's just different. That's that's the way I look at it. They're different. They're different, and um, then, you know, as we know, starting with the cast members themselves, and yep. you know, how wonderful they are, and fantastic, and and deservedly so of all the praise they get. So. No, I agree with you there. Um, and it's a whole five-hour show. Uh, yeah, definitely. At least, at least. Yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, that's a good one actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, Tim, I really do appreciate you taking some time coming on with me, talking about Disney and uh, talking about your your magazine celebrations magazine. Um, and I give you one real tip. Yeah. Like a, like a, a very specific tip. Go ahead. Since mine was so vague. Okay, let's take a specific well, yeah, one. I know. Stop and smell the roses. Come one. on, hit me with a real one. Yeah. All right, here's a real one for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're if you're parking at the, the ticket transportation tent, TTC, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're Ticket and or transportation center. Or if you're coming center. from Epcot on the monorail. Okay. And you're getting on the Magic Kingdom monorail, and if it looks really, really crowded, which it usually is, go to the resort monorail and hop on that one. There'll be nobody there, maybe 10 people. You'll get right on, a couple quick stops, you're there. You won't have to wait for three monorail cars to go by before you get on the Magic Kingdom one. And you're right there. That's my tip. I tell everybody I know that, and I'm so amazed every time I go there, nobody goes to the resort monorail. Mm-hmm. Even when the other one is snaking all the way down and right. all the way past the dick encounters. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, see you guys later. So, yeah, the queue so that goes my, on. Yeah. Down, down and dirty specific tip of the day. That's a great specific tip, actually. Hey, hey there you go. Now I just blew possible. it, and there's going to be 500 people on the monorail to the resorts next time I go now. Yeah, thanks. You're going to spoil it for everybody else. Uh, that was like the, the hidden, the great secret spots to watch Illuminations and watch they got published. Then that's where everybody went, and they became the most crowded places. Right, exactly. And then they then they built a building in its place anyway, so it didn't <laughs> right. matter. <laughs> No, very cool. I do appreciate you taking some time to, to come on with me. Now, you know, kind of quid pro quo or having a little fun with it, something I've never done before in my podcast, I'm going to have oh. a giveaway. I'm going to do something fun. 
Okay. I'm going to give away a subscription to your magazine. Ooh. That's fantastic. Hey, I what a deal. <laughs> so here's what you have to do. There's a uh, website I put out there. It's disneypodcast.net slash giveaway. I will put the, the link in my show notes along with the link to celebrations just so you know where it is. If you go there, there are 12 images from around Walt Disney World. If you can identify all 12, you'll be entered in the drawing to win the prize. Yay! And there was much rejoicing. So and I've seen the 12, and I didn't get them all, so good luck. Yeah, see, I tried to make it complicated, a little bit difficult. I wanted to give you a challenge, you know, make it interesting. So we're going to run this for, uh, for a couple of weeks. We'll find the winner. You'll get, a, you'll get an email to confirm you won, and yay, you can, uh, you can have the magazine. Woohoo! Yay! And 12 months of... Disney magic in your mailbox. See, there you go. And that's that's the cool part. Um, you know, because we're all about this this cool part of Disney, and we want to make sure that uh, everybody gets a chance to enjoy it. So you get to try it out. Check, check out the magazine if you want to subscribe after that. More power to you. Very cool. Well, Tim, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on and uh, chatting with me about Disney. Always fun. Sounds good. Now, can I mention, can I plug our website? Absolutely. Too? Go ahead. All right. I thought we'd mention. Um, if contest aside, if... Uh, you want to check out um, more about celebrations? Our website is celebrationspress.com. And in addition to the magazine, which you can take a peek at and, and order there, we do also offer the books I mentioned earlier the Guide to the Magic Books. Um, plus, we do have a whole host. Many of our writers also contribute blogs to the website, so there's always some, uh, a lot of cool stuff to read about what's. Uh, you know what's going on, or some magical moments we've shared, or some tips. Uh, anything goes. So you can go to the site, snoop around, have some fun. You can explore the parks, and we have all kinds of hit little-known facts and secrets and magical moments, all that kind of stuff for all the attractions and all the parks. So it's a fun place to go, hang out, check it out, have some fun, catch up on some Disney magic, and there you go. There you go. Very cool. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll put a link to that in my show notes page as well, just so you have it easily. Um, but very cool. And uh, that's my podcast for this week. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. The show notes for this podcast can be found on disneyworldpodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app.